everything else this Monday Eve. Yeah. I mean, it was as good as my birthday. So. Oh. I mean, I took a dog to the head. Yeah. But that. And I spent. I've got earrings in, which I might have to remedy. I'm. She's remedying it. We're gonna have to remedy this situation (laughs) because earrings and big headphones do not copacetically mix. No, no blood. Um, I took a dog to the, I took a Sydney to the head <laughs> on my birthday and, uh, ended up with a minor concussion. Good times. So happy birthday to me and my, my stupidity. At which point I texted my boss and said, boss, I've had a shitty birthday. Funny story, boss. What had happened I, was. <laughs> <laughs> I take, I took a dog to the head, at which point he responded with, is that code for something? I'm like, no, <laughs> that is legitimate words of what happened. I literally took a dog to my head and now my head hurts a lot. <laughs> took a flu, what is it? A fur rocket to the melon. Oh my God. She has a really hard head. Like to this day. Do. Uh, this is why it's like, no, in my mouth. <laughs> That's going to be no- me on Friday. Yeah, so, I mean, at least you're going to have drugs. This is true. Enjoy the drugs. I and the, and the nitrous or whatever whatever they are going to give you to assist with the... Oh, I'll be asleep. Yeah, and enjoy the sleep. Yeah, I will. Trust me, I have been dreaming about these days for the last three weeks. Because all I want is like a solid eight hours of not waking up like every hour, hour and a half. And it just, it doesn't work that way with me. So I'm going to be PTFO'd and Mm. I'm so excited about it. I can't even see straight. Yeah. Um, I, uh, the other day I woke up at like two o'clock in the morning and I came into here and I did some little diamond coasters. I'm just like, it's two in the morning and I'm doing coasters as you may have, bless you, as you you may have uh, read on my super amazing poetry. Yes. I do. I I do. Really and then poetry. at the end, it was, I took a dog to the head. Yeah, yeah that was an dog amazing head. haiku. I, I know. It. But we're almost three minutes in. And who are you? Oh, hey, I can blame it on concussion. I'm rich. Yes, you can. <laughs> I'm blaming it on Monday. <laughs> but you are. I already said I'm rich. You just weren't oh. listening. I'm sorry. And I'm Tammy. Did I mention it was Monday? It is Monday. <laughs> and this is. I love a good rabbit hole. Jesus is criminy in a pickle toast. Okay. So speaking of taking naps. Um, actually, we should talk about crazy things. So Let's crazy, talk about crazy, crazy things. things. What's like the craziest thing you've ever done? Don't like burn yourself there. No, I'm not. I'm, I was just trying to think. I'd say probably the craziest thing that I did was when I was on the verge of having a second nervous breakdown and I decided just to, you know, dip out over Memorial Day weekend. So I went missing for like four days and only my older sister, Amy, knew where I was at. Oh, Wow. Yeah, my entire family in half of Eastern Oregon was ready to burn the hell down <laughs> because nobody knew where I was. And my phone, of course, oops, my phone died. And uh, yeah, oops. I'd have to say like moving to clear across the state with a guy that I just met on the internet. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you 100%. <laughs> okay, that was pretty crazy. Like literally like that's that's something that could end you up on a serial killer list. Yeah. And we could even talk about the fact that, like, that person, if we knew more about them now, they could be somebody that would be talked about on a podcast. Yes. Because, like, they tried to, like, then eventually lure girls from other countries here to the United States in a sex trafficking ring. So, yeah, that was somebody I dated. Hi. Did I mention I'm Rin and I do dumb things? You know, we were joking around. I think Matt and I were talking yesterday when we were coming back from the movies. And I said, you know, once you hit 21, you should just get to go backwards. And I thought, no, wait until you're 30. That way you can say, I did the stupid stuff in my 20s, which all 20-year-olds get to say, and then you can go backwards. I mean, I've done dumb, I've done the dumb. I have yeah. done the seriously dumb. So, yeah. Going to have to say that's the dumbest, craziest thing I've ever done. And probably the scariest thing I've ever done. And had, if my mom, like, was alive and knew, she would beat the shit out of me. Shit, when I mention it, dad still wants to beat the shit out of you for That's that one. That's true. Dad does want to kill me, probably. <laughs> he was not happy on that. So <laughs> She's doing what now? Speaking of crazy. Yeah. 
I think we're going to be talking about some crazy people today. Yes. Like how we I are doing. tied all that together. Part two. No, this the- is episode two of our oh, yes, not sorry, so episode. nifty. Yes. The 50 not so nifty episode two. Do you want me to, do you want me to sing it again? No. No, no. no. We're no. good. No. But you started last time. Do you want me to start this time? Yeah. Because so, my stories are always shorter than yours. So, so who, who are you telling me about today? Oh, we're telling about one of my most favorite people in the last decade. Really? She's one of your most favorite? Not Casey Anthony? Really? Ooh, don't even get me started on that bitch. Okay, we're going to Arizona with this one. Okay, Arizona. I hate yes. Arizona. And you yeah. can ask my sister why I hate Arizona. I concur. I've never even been to the damn state and I don't want to go. Arizona sucks balls. You know what's in Arizona? Nothing. A big mall and cacti. Heat. Cacti. Heat. Well, there's heat in Texas. Yeah, and I don't want to go to Texas either. But there's cacti <laughs> in Arizona. They got saguaro cacti. You know what they don't have in Texas in Arizona? Disneyland. This is true. Motherfucking yes. Disneyland. But we're going to be bouncing back and forth between Arizona and California because that's what this crazy bitch did. In case Arizona, you didn't follow California. it around what was it, 2013, 2008 to 2013, if you never listened to the news, there was this amazing young photographer, and her name was Jodi Arias. Turns out, she's a crazy bitch. Speaking of crazy. And I'm talking... I don't like the fact that her name sounds like Aries. All kinds of crazy. That kind of pisses me off. Okay. So thanks to the intense news coverage of the 2013 trial of Jody Arias, by the way, um, my sources for this are um, Reader's Digest and Wikipedia. And I didn't write down the name of the other site, but it was specific for will- serial killers. And this, it was she's the not internet. A she's just crazy. Anyway, so... The 2013 trial of Jody Arias over the 2008 murder of former boyfriend Travis Alexander, Arias is arguably one of the most notorious criminals that even one of the more mature... My God, let's try this again. Ready? Okay, arguably a more notorious criminal than even Jared Lee Loeffner, who killed six and injured 13, is in his assassination attempt on Congresswoman Woman... Gabrielle Giffords in Tucson. Arias spent a shocking 18 consecutive days testifying on her own behalf. Now I'm going to pause that for a half a second. How do you, 18 days. How, I mean, how do you have something to talk about yourself for 18 days? Oh, she had plenty to talk about. Trust me on that. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know anything about Jodi Arias. Oh, okay. So, um... Attempting to resolve several years' worth of conflicting stories she told about what really happened to Alexander and ultimately claiming she killed him in self-defense unsuccessfully. So, the victim. Travis How do you, Victor Alex. Hang on. Huh. How do you unsuccessfully kill somebody? No. She tried using the self-defense unsuccessfully. Oh, I get it. I was like, yeah. I'm like, how do you unsuccessfully kill somebody? I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, what? She, she successfully did it. She made sure he was dead, dead. Dead, dead, dead. Like D-E-D uh, dead? Oh, D-E-E-D. Oh, <laughs> she, she did it well. <laughs> Warning. Oh. We are going to talk about death, yes. murder. Dismemberment. Uh, no cannibalism. No, no. No animals will be hurt in the making of this podcast. Mine, no children were hurt. Uh, mine also have no children being hurt. Good. Okay. So oh, we're away from the kids and the aminals. Oh, wait, there may be talk of one animal being hurt in my podcast. So, in my mind, one animal does die in mine. Did he eat himself off a box? No, it was a flamingo. Poor Geronimo. Nope. Flamingo. Not Geronimo. Flamingo go. Go. (laughs) Flamingo go go. (laughs) It's a flamingo go go. Okay. So, the victim, Travis Alexander, was born on July 28th, 1977, in Riverside, California, to Gary and David. Gary David Alexander, and Pamela Elizabeth Morgan Alexander. At the age of 11, Travis moved in with his paternal grandparents after his father's death in July of 1997. His seven siblings were also taken by their paternal grandmother. Can you guess what religion they were? Were they Catholic? Nope. Mormon? Yep. It's one of the two. Yeah. I know. I... <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, and that was another huge point of contention with this, but we'll get to that. Okay. Um, so seven siblings, seven siblings were taken in by their paternal grandmother. Alexander was a salesman and a motivational speaker for prepaid legal services. So let's see. Uh, a motivational speaker for prepaid for prepaid legal. legal. Mm -hmm. I'm going to motivate you to buy prepaid legal services. Like <laughs> you want my legal services. My legal <laughs> services will make your life so much better, but you have yeah. to prepay for them. I, how do you, how do you motivate somebody? A motor, I, I'm, I'm done. Your guess is as good as mine, but he was apparently really good at it. And he was very charismatic and a lot of people loved it. Um, I have, you know, issues of myself but you know that's just me i just don't understand how you can be a motivational speaker for legal services <laughs> like uh, they're legal services i mean okay yeah i don't know why i didn't get those okay so uh jody arius was born july 9th 1980 she has four siblings she and just older... a baby yeah um, an older half-sister, a younger sister, and two younger brothers. According to her, she was abused by her parents since she was seven. She claims that they used to beat her with a belt and wooden spoons. Well, guess what? So did my parents. And all that gave me was a respect for authority. No, that just made me hate wooden spoons. <laughs> right? I hid a lot of the wooden spoons from my mom. Um, I was stupid. I was a stupid kid, man. Every Christmas I bought my mom new wooden spoons. <laughs> He bought her new weapons. I did. I was also of the Mama. All um, your wooden spoons are broken. I'm going to buy you new ones. <laughs> yeah. So dumb. Were you also of the? Were your parents also of the mindset of go out and pick your switch? Because mm -mm. mine were no. Yeah. Nope. I wasn't well, a I mean, switch kid. I think I only had to pick my switch once, and that was I think with my my dad. But other than that, I didn't live out um, in Switchland. We. A lot of our punishments were militaristic. We were doing push-ups. We were running until we vomited. We were doing wall squats. Yeah, we, we had to do nah. that kind of stuff. We were a family of fat girls. We didn't run. <laughs> okay. So Arius is of Mexican-American descent and has American nationality. Her roots are di diverse and include Mexican, German, and English. Um, Jody attended Wairica Union High School, but dropped Eureka. out in the 11th grade. <laughs> However, she did later earn her GED. So this is where stuff starts going bad for both of them. Arius and Alexander met in September of 2006 at a PPL conference in Las Vegas. That's what they call prepaid legal, by the way. Oh, I thought it was um, at a people conference. I was like, it was a conference oh. for people? <laughs> Arius converted to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, of which Alexander was a member, and was baptized by him on November 26, 2006, in a ceremony in Southern California. Alexander and Arius began dating in February of 2007. Uh, Arius at that time moved to Mesa to live closer to Alexander. In April of 2008, she moved to Wairica, California and lived with her grandparents. Alexander and Arius dated intermittently for a year and a half, often in long distance relationship, taking turns traveling between their respective Arizona and California homes. Alexander's friends who knew Arius and observed them together tended to have a negative opinion of her, stating that the relationship was usually tumultuous and that Arius's behavior was uh, worrying. So they met at this conference. She automatically became obsessed with him, started dating a lot of stuff that they were doing was not conducive to the Mormon faith, like having phone sex and not sending, wearing their underwear. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> having, uh, sending or text sexting, essentially sending pictures back and forth, taking pictures because of course, Arius is a model and a photographer. So she's always working with cameras. She was sending nudes. Oh yeah. She completely was. Was and, she getting well, unsolicited dick pics? No. So they were solicited no, they, dick pics. They were not unsolicited. Like they were, some of the stuff, and this stuff was played out in court, by the way. A lot of his, his family had to sit and listen to a lot of the stuff because Oh baby, she had oh recordings. baby, touch me there. Oh yeah, that's so good. 
Mm-hmm. No. Like, could it, it you imagine, like, like, like a court stenographer reading back your text messages with, like, the most, <laughs> like, the Bill Nye? No, not Bill Nye. Is it Bill Nye? No. That's no, Bill Nye's the science guy. It's Bill. I know who ben you're Stein. talking about. Most, ben Stein. Yeah. Ben Stein voice. Oh, baby. Bueller. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, the stuff that came out <clears throat> in court was extremely difficult for his family to hear because it was not... Um, choose the right, as the Mormons call it, virtuous kind of conversations. Yeah, he was. He had her in pigtails and schoolgirl skirts. I mean, kind of she stuff. was educational. Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll go with that. Okay, so on June fourth, two thousand eight, Travis was murdered. That was a Wednesday. He suffered, and when I tell you she did it good, she did it real good. Twenty-seven stab wounds, a slit throat which included his carotid and his jugular and a gunshot wound to the head which one was first there's the question um the stab wounds so you just had to finish it off with the the gunshot yes the gunshot so on june 9th having been unable to reach travis a concerned group of friends went to his home now here's the thing he had several roommates i think he had two or three roommates He, he owned his own home he owned his own cars. Apparently there is big money in being a motivational speaker because this kid was rolling in it. Um, he was actually even getting ready to take a Caribbean cruise, I believe, mm. which originally Jody was supposed to go with him, but they broke up and he had it set that he was taking another female friend with him. One who wore is- her underwear. Yeah, probably not. Oh. Cause apparently the girls that Travis dated were skeevy. Anyway, um, so the roommates had been in the house with him, oh. but nobody had seen him for three days. Wait, so he, she he killed murdered? him and nobody knew? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his house, his bedroom, he, he had the master suite, which had the ensuite bathroom. She came and she visited him and then we'll get into what happened. But after he was murdered for five days from June 4th to June 9th was when they found him and his roommates were in the house. They just thought it was rotting food that they were smelling. It was actually his decomposing body in the shower. Shut the front. Yeah. So on June 9th, having been unable to reach Alexander, a concerned group of friends went to his home. His roommates had not seen him for several days, but they believed that he was out of town and thus did not suspect anything was amiss. After finding a key to Alexander's bedroom, the group entered and found large pools of blood in the hallway to the master bathroom and Alexander's body in the shower. In the 911 call, the dispatcher asked whether Alexander had been suicidal or if anybody was angry enough to hurt him. Alexander's friends mentioned Jody by name as a possible suspect, stating that Alexander had told them that she had been stalking him, accessing Facebook account and slashing his car's tires. Apparently, a couple days before his murder, um, the girl that he was supposed to be going on this uh, Caribbean trip with Mm -hmm. was over watching movies and she saw them. So she slashed his tires, she keyed his car, she hacked his accounts, she was, like, harassing his friends. She went straight up, fatal attraction, batshit crazy. So hell hath no fury like that of a woman scorned. Yeah, and she apparently was very scorned. So, while searching Alexander's home, what a moron, while they searched his home, police found his recently purchased digital camera damaged in the washing machine. Police were able to recover deleted images showing Arius and Alexander in sexually suggestive poses taken at approximately 1.40 p.m. on June 4th. The final photograph of Alexander of Live showing him in the shower was taken at 5.29 p.m. that day. Photos taken moments later show an individual believed to be Alexander profusely bleeding on the bathroom floor. A bloody palm print was discovered along the hallway the bathroom hallway and it contained dna from both arius and alexander she took a picture of him bleeding she took lots of pictures and we don't know if like the way that the pictures that they were showing um looked it looked like the camera was accidentally getting pressed when the murder was taking place so i don't know if i have it on here I don't want to see pictures. I don't. Okay, no, I'm, I'm not going to show you pictures. But um, so her defense, when they first called her in and they went to talk to her, the the officers were like, you know, we need to find this woman now. Um, she finally got back to the officers. 
And as soon as she did, she was like, oh, well, I heard that something happened. Is everything okay? She said that she was driving from her grandparents' house between Wairika and Mesa. Her cell phones show her at Travis's house. That That's part of her problem. She gave the story that she was nowhere near Travis's house, that she went on a vacation, that she did this and that and the other thing. She stopped at a gas station. They have video and credit card receipts of her filling up two gas cans. Um, and so basically she would have had to stop for fuel. Right. So she thought she was going to be smart. She filled up the gas cans. That way she wouldn't have to stop for fuel. But they have her now with that. Two weeks, I think it was, before Alexander's murder, um, her grandparents, I think it was a thirty-eight caliber handgun revolver, went missing. But nobody knew what happened to it. Even though her grandparents stated in a sworn statement they think that Jody Jody may have taken it, they couldn't prove it. And the handgun has never been recovered. She tossed it somewhere between Wairika and Mesa. Go check his cactus. And then um, she started telling all kinds of stories. She hadn't seen Travis. She didn't know what had happened. So they put her, they they had enough on her to put her in jail, right. to hold her. So during one of the interviews that she did, she was actually doing yoga like headstands. While she was in the interview room, she was singing to herself. She was just acting nutty. And then when the officers came in to talk to her, she told them that Travis and her were at the house together. They had just finished having sex and they, she was taking these really cool pictures of Travis um, naked in the shower. She was trying to get like this cool water effect going on. The pictures were crap, by the way. Um and then she said that three people broke into the house oh. and started attacking her and Travis oh. and that she hid in the closet. Were they black? And then they took her. No, they were dressed all in black. Oh. Uh, and then they took her ID and they said that we know who you are and where you live. And if you tell anybody that we were here, then we're going to come after you too. Oh. And yeah, she was, it, the story was ever changing and then the final story was she was taking pictures of travis and it's his brand new digital camera and for some ungodly reason she finger fumbled and the camera fell into the bottom of the shower while the water was running and travis snapped and started coming after her and he had a history of anger and violence and he sexually assaulted her multiple times and she had bruises and a broken finger and all this kind of stuff. None of this was ever reported, nor was it ever proven. Nobody had ever seen Travis get physically violent in his life, but this is what she was going with. So she said that she had to grab the closest thing, a sharp knife to protect herself against Travis. Travis keeps a sharp knife in his bedroom. Apparently. Um, And then, like, throughout his bedroom and throughout the house, you can see where she tried to clean up. Like, she left bleach and paper towels at one point in time. I I guess in his bedroom, because the roommates didn't see it. Um, And apparently the roommates hadn't done their laundry for five days because she threw the camera in there after she murdered him into the washing machine. So, I don't know. Anyway, that, that was her defense, was that he was coming after her in a rage and she had to protect herself by stabbing him 27 times, slitting his throat, and then shooting him in the head and then stuffing him into the shower. Right. Yeah, because that's a good idea. Because 27 times is, is easy. Yeah, exactly. No. no. It's um, exhausting. Okay. She had to go take a nap after that. I wanted to go take a nap after. Okay, so Alexander was murdered on Wednesday, June 4th. He suffered the stab wound, slit throat, and a gunshot wound to the head. Medical examiner Kevin Horn would later testify that Alexander's jugular vein, common carotid artery, and trachea had been slashed and that he had defensive wounds on his hands. Horn further testified that Alexander may have been dead at the time the gunshot was inflicted and the back wounds were shallow so he also had like he was trying to get away from her and she was still stabbing him in the back so how can you claim self-defense when you're stabbing him in the freaking right and and if they're shallow that means he's running away which means you're not able to get a full stab exactly she was chasing him so tell me again who the aggressor was um so let's see um alexander death was ruled a homicide he was buried at riverside's oliver wood memorial cemetery 
Um, the whole trial was just a shit show. And that is the nicest way that I can put it because the defense attorney and the prosecuting attorney were nothing but two preening peacocks. Excuse me. Both of them have actually been removed from their, from their, uh, positions that they held at the time. Uh, the criminal defense attorney was removed for having sexual misconduct of some kind. Oh, um, with Jody. And then, no. And then the prosecuting attorney was actually removed because he was having um, a a, a sexual relationship as well. But I believe it was either, I I can't remember if it was with a juror or if it was with somebody in his office, but there was serious conflict of interest. So they decided at the end of the trial in um, late 2013 that uh, Jody was guilty. Oh, well, that's good. The, the jury went out and they came back with guilty. Um, she decided that at, at first she said she wanted the death penalty oh. and then she changed her mind. She did not want the death penalty. What she wanted was all of the money that people had been sending her because she's extremely popular, by the way. Um, is going to go to her new clothing line, which is going to help domestic violence survivors. She is not a domestic violence survivor. She's just a crazy bitch. So um, at the first trial, the jury was hung as to whether to give her life or death. There was a second trial. And then by the third trial, the judge finally came up with the decision that she was going to spend the remainder of her life in jail. And she is currently housed in Arizona State Penitentiary in Arizona. Designing clothing for domestic abuse people. And apparently winning all kinds of modeling contests and singing contests because she's multi-talented. She's just the triple threat. Homicidal, model, and singer. Yeah. So um, they said that by March 5th of 2015, Arius' trial cost an estimated $3 million. Oh my God. And I watched that damn thing from beginning to end because I was like, if this bitch gets off, I'm going to burn the state down. <laughs> it was ridiculous how much evidence they had. And she kept going, it wasn't me. Yeah. So that is Miss Jody Arius. She didn't kill multiple people, but let me tell you what. That is one chick that should not be out in society. Wow, she is. I mean, she sounds like a piece of work. Yeah. So she kind of was. My person, after researching them, I have absolutely no idea. I mean, I know why they put put him for. I don't want Nevada. um, It's Nevada, but I almost said Nevada because I almost sounded bougie AF. (laughs) Nevada. Hmm. So I know why they picked him for Nevada, but. He was not Nevada because, like, he was a mobster. Like, okay. I mean, he was born and raised in Brooklyn. Like, he right. was hardcore. He lived that. That life. was that. He 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 was. He was about that life. He, he was, and he like <laughs> he helped the five families form. Really? Yeah, like right. so. Mine is Benjamin Bugsy Siegel, and um. <sighs> Like, the more I researched him, the more I found that, like, he, sure, he was a hitman, but, like, he also had, like, dreams of, like, living a a straight life. And he, he didn't want to always be a hitman. Like, mm-hmm. so, but he was born in 1906 in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Um, he was born Benjamin Siegel to a Jewish parents, Max and Jenny. He was the second of five kids, an immigrant from the Russia-Ukraine area. Um, he dropped out of school at the age of 11 years old because he felt that he had no need to be learning books, that he was better off on the streets because mm. he was all about that life. Mm. You know, he wanted to grow up in the world where he could knock on a door and they'd be like, what's the password? And he'd be like, applesauce. <laughs> I can do white gangsta. Yeah. I can do that. You're, you're doing a 1915 <laughs> gangster. <laughs> I can do white gangster. But you want me to do like soul thug? No, nope, can't do it. Nah. I'm so honky. It's not even funny. So you just have to put a bunch of rocks in your mouth and try to talk. That. So and then say, you know what I mean, or know what I'm saying, like every other. So line. at that time, he uh, he was living on living the 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 school of hard knocks life. Uh, he formed a gang at the age of 14 um, with a 
boy that he he formed a very early friendship with a boy, Mo and Meyer Lansky. Uh, they also then formed a group that was known as uh, Bugs and Meyer. Bugs and Meyer uh, that were to protect. Sounds like Fred Meyer, yeah, right? Um, that were to protect the pushcart vendors. Um, he mm. was known for being cold and ruthless, which is kind of how he got his nickname because people said he was crazy as a bed bug. And so they called mm, him okay. Bugsy. Now, the thing is, is, when he got older, he didn't like to be called Bugsy. Like, he did not like it because it reminded him of his, like, younger street rat days. Hmm. Um, so one time he was talking, apparently he was talking to a reporter and he told them that he told the reporter that his friends call him Ben, strangers called him Mr. Siegel, and his enemies called him Bugsy, which is bad because his enemies tend to end up dead. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure that's something you should really tell a reporter. Just FYI. No. <laughs> no. <clears throat> All right. Um, so apparently uh, Ben was well-liked, and he eventually grew into his good looks, and he was very popular with the ladies. He had blue eyes. He was very, very handsome. Mm. Uh, he, he had a little Sinatra thing going he on. He did, apparently. Um, in 1918, Ben had befriended Meyer Lansky one fateful night when Lansky pulled Ben from a fight and the ownership of a shiny new gun while saving him from the cops. They were thick as thieves from then on. Uh, to make money, they formed a little gang called Bugs and Meyer, a lucrative business protecting vendor carts on the streets. The way that they uh, made them protect them was like, you're going to let us protect your carts, not we're going to set your carts on fire. Yeah. You're going to let us protect you, and you're going to pay us to protect yeah. you. Yeah. So, in the 1930s, Mafia Kingpin Charles Lucky Luciano and the others of the Italian gang organized themselves into the New York group... Wait, did I skip ship? No, I didn't. Okay. Um, a New York group uh, later going national um and being known as the syndicate so uh it was known that uh luciano's and enemies would expire violently uh because this is ben bugsy graduated from bugs and meyer to working for lucky um some history some historians have written some historians jesus apparently it's infectious some historians and writers have tried to um, nail like famous killings onto Ben. Uh, one of them was the execution of Joe the Boss Masiera or Mas Masseria Masseria. He was one of the original uh, mob bosses. So there were two big mob bosses that they had to take down before Lucky Luciano could like take over and form the five families to like form the the national syndicate that like took over like the big mm -hmm. italian mob um so masseria was one of the two final ones that had to go down so in 1931 after he had eaten a large meal of pasta um apparently he was shot and killed but this was apparently debunked and did not happen because it was proved that at the time of being killed the boss's stomach was empty and didn't have any food um also ben was linked to killing salvatore salvatore maranzano late in 1931 but according to the national crime syndicate.com did you know that they have their own website i do now yes that's one of my sources was national crime syndicate.com as well as okay. history.com and fbi.gov because fbi.gov of course is gonna have stuff on a hitman right just a little bit uh, so this was like at the very beginning of the the like the gang wars. Yeah, this is this. They were trying to level out and get. Yeah, they were trying to get rid of, rid of the mustachios. I guess they were called um, the the Ita the name. Italian the Italian and Jewish mob bosses were trying to get rid of the mustachios so that that way they could form the five families, which is okay. where you know then the Godfather movie. I make you an offer you can't refuse. Which I've yeah. never seen, and don't come at me. me just, just don't, don't anybody ever email or DM me in any way, shape, or form. You've never seen The Godfather, because you know what? Fuck you. Sorry, Heather. I've never seen it yeah, either. Just, 
you can take that to the mattresses. Or Scarface. And the only reason, yeah. and the, you know what? I know I'll introduce you to my little friend. Yeah. And do you want to know the only reason why I know take that to the mattresses? Um, you've got yes. mail. <laughs> yeah. Chick yep. flick extraordinaire. Yes. All right. Thank you for the education, Meg Ryan and Tom oh, Hanks. Yes. The only mob bosses I need. Right. <laughs> Freaking chick flick mob bosses. Right. God. All right. So. Ben was linked to killing Salvatore Mars Maranzano late in 1931, but according to nationalcrimesyndicate.com, Ben was not a member of the four men posing as taxmen who ended Maranzano. So what they did is they like showed up at, at Maranzano's place being like, taxmen, we need to see your tax papers. And apparently like the mob boss fell for that. Okay. Like how stupid are you? But um, apparently the four men posing as taxmen ended Maranzano by pinning him to a wall, stabbing him four times in the chest, stomach, and face, slicing his mouth. Why so serious? I was thinking more like Black Dahlia, <laughs> which I will tie to that as well. Slicing his mouth and then strangling him. They topped it all off just in case he wasn't dead with Six shots at close range, because apparently that's like a mob thing. Jesus, what were they thinking? He was Rasputin or something? Like, this guy's not coming up. I mean, when, you, when you're when <laughs> you a mob person, you got to send a message, and that message is, you got right? D-E-D. And so last, a writer attempted to then pin uh, the infamous Black Dahlia murder um, on Ben, and this murder was in Los Angeles in 19... 19- in January of 1947. The feds were, however, closely monitoring Ben at this time, and his activities on that day were fully accounted for. So, Yeah, they actually had that one pinned on a doctor. uh, Somebody else. A doctor who then apparently um, was thought to become um, the Zodiac Killer. Really? That's one of the things that they think that he became, is that he went and did some murders over in India, and then he came back as the Zodiac. Do you know who actually found out who this doctor was? His son. Yeah. Yeah. How messed up is that? Because he looked at the writing. <laughs> right. The handwriting. Yep. He's like, that's my dad's handwriting. And I'm like, oh. yeah. How can you tell it's a doctor's handwriting, man? Although there's apparently some handwriting experts that are like, no, the ends aren't the same and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but apparently part of the Zodiac cipher that was um, unable to be, uh, deciphered when you looked at different parts of it you were able to get the last name of the um doctor's name out of it so i was like yep possible yeah so after you know all of these different killings that people have you know tried to tie to ben and like but then apparently they really weren't tied to him makes you kind of wonder if historians tried to make ben out to be more of a monstrous murderer than he really was i mean Yeah. yeah he was a hitman and he, he did his time as a hitman, but maybe he wasn't some, I mean, he wasn't like Ted Kl- 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 Kaczynski. No, not Kaczynski. Kl- Kl- Kaczynski. It's the Iceman. Oh, okay. Kaczynski or something like that. I can't. He's the one who like ice picked people. Yeah. yeah like that guy's notorious. Mm. <laughs> he not right in the head. Is he on our list anywhere? Uh, I think so. Sorry, I got chicken in my teeth. Okay. So, so after that guy was killed, Lucky brought together the five families with Meyer and Bugsy by Lucky's side. Um, At one point in time, uh, the Ferruzzo brothers were hired by a rival mobster um, named Waxy. The brothers tried to kill um, Meyer and uh, Ben. The brothers lowered a bomb down through the chimney, but Ben saw it and threw it out the window. Um, he was still hurt in the hospital. Um, he was still hurt when he tried to kill the first two brothers. One of them survived. And while he was in the hospital, this gave him an alibi. He snuck out um, to kill the last of the brothers and then snuck back into the bed. None the wiser was a perfectly safe alibi about how he had been in the hospital all night long. It had nothing to do with killing yeah. those brothers. <laughs> Have okay. no idea what you're talking about. I'm completely innocent. So, I mean, no doubtful that his hands were completely blood free, though. Um, he was very much a core part of Murder Incorporated, which was one of the hands or one of the arms of 
uh, the syndicate of the criminal syndicate, the Lucky's criminal syndicate, so to speak. Um, they murder incorporated was an enforcement through murder and intimidation arm of, of said syndicate based in part in Rose midnight, Rose gold, Rose gold candy store at the corner of Saratoga and Livonia Avenue in Brooklyn. Murder incorporated had businessmen. They would sit in this candy shop, like, Hitman businessmen just hanging out reading the newspaper in a candy shop. In a candy yeah, shop. Yeah, shit you not. In a candy shop waiting for a payphone in the back of the candy store to ring. And in the candy, then they would get a they'd get a job offer. And it, so basically the call would go something like, Are you looking for a job? The caller would ask, and then the guy would be like, I am if it pays. And then the guy would say something like, I need a bum to wear cement shoes. Um, with some spring cleaning, which would basically mean I need you to kill a guy by making him, by putting cement on his, Swim with the fishies, to put see. cement on his feet and throw him over into a river and I need it to be cleaned up. Like a no, no mess afterwards. Like I need it clean. Um, I looked up different like mob hit words and stuff like that. It was kind of fun. So were they the cleaning crew for the? They were also they were also point? cleaning crew. Okay. They cleaned up their own messes. Okay. Um, and then it would also have a time and a place that would set the hit, and the hit would be set in place. The hitman wouldn't know anything about why they were doing the hit. The less they knew, the better they 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 could sleep at night. All they knew mm-hmm. is that they had to kill someone. They never knew why, just that that person needed to die. Well, a good hitman never asks questions. Well, yeah. Does it? Um, so it was just you know they would they would just do the hit and you know it's I mean I guess in a way because like if they knew why they'd be like well that's petty. <laughs> well, and then they'd be the ones sw- swimming with the right. Fishes. So um, apparently after um, the the hit on or the the retaliation on the Fabioso brothers. Um, Meyer knew that the New York police were watching Ben pretty close. So by 1936, um, he suggested that his friend relocate to the West Coast and uh, watch that arm of the uh, the mob circuit. Don't send him out here. We don't want him. <laughs> I mean, he's got some sparkly blue eyes. Um, it also, um, let me say that uh, it was known that no woman said no to Ben. Um, and that at one point in time, there was a woman who did say no, and he ended up sexually assaulting her. Um, she did press charges against him, um, but the the families uh, made it go away. Mm-hmm. It or her. Just it. The situation. Uh, she They okay. didn't make her go away, but they made the situation go away. She was paid off. She was paid hush money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, Ben ended up in California first, um, and he was he was in love with California. He loved the glitz and the glamour, and he loved um, all the Hollywood stars. He fit right in with them. He would he would borrow money from them um, because nobody would ever ask a hitman to pay them back. So he at one point in time he had borrowed like up to like forty thousand dollars, but nobody was ever going to ask him to pay him back because. You don't ask a hitman to pay you back. Right. Um, <clears throat> so um, while he, so, oh, I forgot to mention um, that at one point in time, he did marry his high school sweetheart. Um, her name was Esther. They got married in 1929. Uh, and shortly after they had two girls and apparently he was a good family man. He was good to his wife. He was good to his kids, um, but he was a philandering pig. They usually are. But I mean, I don't think I've heard a mob story monster story where but he was he was good to his family he did take care of them yeah but you know i mean he was still philandering dickhead yes yeah no no no. they always treat their wives and their children really she wanted for nothing yeah except for a man that doesn't cheat on her and right you know isn't a bastard whatever so when he got into um california he met a woman there named virginia hill and virginia hill was just let me just say she was the bee's knees of everything. She was gorgeous. And uh, but she was she's also a bit of a hoe. Um, apparently it was known that like there was like a room of like 20 men and like she gave them all blowjobs. Yeah, wow. she she's she's a bit of a mm-hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, she's a little loose, but Ben just Ben was enamored with her. He loved her, but their their relationship was hella toxic. Like toxic. Um like and it. apparently he ha- Ben had a nickname for her. She was his flamingo because she had some long gams. Okay. Yeah, she was she was his flamingo. I wonder if she wore a lot of pink. Um so and apparently his wife back in New York, he had quietly divorced her um in 1946. So it was fine that he was trying to hook up with Miss Miss Virginia Hill. Huh. Um <clears throat> So while he is in um while he's in California, he gets a uh, in 1941, he gets an order uh to do a hit on somebody named Big Greeny or um Harry Greenberg. <laughs> That's the worst mob name ever. That is a terrible name. (laughs) Especially considering the fact that, like, the toothbrush thing that I give my dog every night for, like, helping them with tartar buildup is called a greenie. Yeah. Like, we feed chemo those too. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, that, like, you know, you got Lucky Luciano, you got Bugsy, you got uh, the boss, Babyface. Yeah, Babyface Nelson. And then you got Big Greenie. Big Greenie. Big Greenie. Yeah. What, what's, what's your mob name? Big Greenie. No. Although there was another one, Waxy. I guess maybe he had waxy hair. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so apparently Greenie had been ratting out the mob, which that's going to get your, get your butt waxed. Um, wax? Going to take a dirt nap. Yeah. Um, so one of the guys and... So he went and he, uh, Ben took him out, but apparently one of the guys that was at the hit stated, uh, so he got, he got the, he got the thumb screws put against him from the coppers. Ah, uh, uh, Big Greeny did or Bugsy? No, one of the guys who was with Bugsy. He was like, oh, okay. cause the guy, the police in, um, LA were like, so you're going to be doing some hard time. Uh, we could lessen your sentence if you if you spill the beans. Mm-hmm. And that guy was like, okay. So now we got somebody who's willing to testify against Bugsy. So Bugsy gets arrested for the first time, like, ever. And this is, like, something he can't just make go away. So for the first time, he's in jail. And he can't just pay 100 bucks to get out. Yeah. Um, however... Being that he's part of the, you know, he's he's not a made man, but he he's part of the family. Um, yeah. Uh, the mob made sure that his life in jail was quite cozy. They they stated because he had some some tummy indiscretions. He had his own chef. Mm-hmm. Um, he had conjugal visits because the guards just looked the other way. And apparently, one time he was even able to get out. He was even let out um, because he had to go have a dental appointment. And he couldn't see the no. Prison no, dentist? he had to, he had no, to go see not. his dentist. Of yeah, of course. So he was just I'm left. Sorry. What was I thinking? He, he didn't have a guard with him. He was just out. Okay. He was just out, and then he went back. So you know, um. So uh, and as it would sometimes see when you're a state witness who wants to to uh, snitch on snitch, snitches get stitches, who wants to <laughs> um, confess against somebody in the mob, um, you might happen to die. A little bit with taking a bit of a dirt well nap. with some circumstances that just don't make sense and in the sense of this witness uh he apparently um he fell trying to escape right that's that's the official story however the the unofficial story is he was thrown out the window uh-huh. by some corrupt cops yeah. not that there's ever any corrupt cops please don't come at me <laughs> i love all of the men and women in blue uh so do i there are motherfuckers that are corrupt in every single She said that. Every that came from position. Tammy, not Rin. Yes. yes. Tammy, who was in law enforcement for several years. Okay. <laughs> so, now that he uh, goes to trial and there's nobody there to snitch against him, he's obviously acquitted. And if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Oh, good lord, he did it. I did. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. <laughs> I've, drank, I've drank some of my drunk. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had to drink more. Ooh, excuse me. And I almost got a lemon rind stuck in my mouth. So at that point, Ben was free to return to his big dreams, which led him to Vegas. And he wanted, he wanted to turn Vegas 
into what Vegas is now. Because when he went to Vegas, it was not what Vegas is now. Vegas was a cowboy, podunk, pony town. Yep. And he, so he had dreams of building the Flamingo Casino, the Flamingo Hotel and Casino. So, and so here's a few stories about Ben and his, his, his delusions of grandeur that might help you get a little idea. So Ben dreams of adventures. And uh, one time, apparently he got a boat to go look for treasure in Costa Rica. Like, hey guys, let's get a boat and go find treasure. It'll be great. Okay, Ben. You know who's and, and guess who's putting this bill? The syndicate. Um, he didn't find any treasure, but he did have a good time. Then another time. Oh yeah, I'm sure he did. Yeah. <laughs> another time, he met a countess, and he apparently tried to sell some kind of uh, explosive, um, like a better explosive, but in reality, it was a shittier explosive to Mussolini, oh, okay. the dictator. Yeah, I'm aware of who Mussolini is. <laughs> Excuse oh, me. Sweet. Um, although, so that didn't go well. <laughs> um, and the countess apparently got banned from her own villa. Because of him? Well, she was the one who introduced them. So, oh. you know, boo-boo on her. Boo-boo canoe. <laughs> <sighs> so, those are some of his, uh, his adventures. And apparently he met Hitler's, like, second-in-command, whose name I can't remember at this current moment. Himmler? Maybe. Yes. And he said that that guy was a bit of a dickhead and that he wished that he would have killed him when he had the chance. Yeah, I'm sure half of the world wishes the same thing. But he said, eh, you know. Um, so now back to Vegas. Um, and the cow town, as Miss um, Miss uh, Hill used to call it. Miss Virginia Hill. Um, she called it a cow... T- <laughs> Maybe she should go to Pendleton. Right. No doubt. So... Ben wanted to turn it. It wanted to turn Vegas into glitz and glamour, like the um, the casinos and things that you would see down in like Havana and stuff like that in Cuba. So there was a casino owner. His name was William Wilkerson. Um, I wonder if he's any relation to to somebody you might know. I'm not going to say anything else, but the last name is Wilkerson. To uh, a casino owner, uh, there was a casino owner, William Wilkerson. That was on hard times, and Ben and the syndicate swooped in and pushed Bill right on out. Uh-huh. Uh, the initial budget for the Flamingo was $1.7 million, uh, but with live flamingos, that kept dropping dead. <laughs> because Las Vegas isn't their natural habitat. No. And they don't like it there. They die. Even though you have a pond for them, they're still going to die. Because right? it's hot AF. Even in and December. It's not, the same kind of, it's not the same kind of hot in Nevada as it in is in Florida. Yeah, they need humidity. Yeah. Humid. Not dry heat. Even with the pond. Um. So, Ben's, I want it. And I want it this way. <laughs> <laughs> that away. Sorry, I could. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. Um, oh my god, we should be fired. Yes. Um, so, with his boss man way of handling the building, uh, that budget was blown, like blown hard by October of 1946. Uh, in October, they were around four million. And keep in mind, this is again syndicate money. He is blowing like it's yeah. bubblegum. Like so that's what, over three and a half million dollars. Right. So the final count was at about six million. Good. And he was supposed to be at one point seven. Uh so six million, which would be seventy-eight million in twenty twenty money, by the wow. way. The casino was grossly behind schedule when opening night was supposed to be December twenty-six, nineteen forty-six. Before this, uh, before the opening, there was a uh, Havana conference, and Ben's name conveniently was on the docket. So in Havana, all of the families met because Lucky Luciano could not come back into the United States. He had been Ah. kicked the fuck out. Um, And as it was, Meyer stuck his neck out to protect Ben. Otherwise, Ben had a target on his back at that point because he had spent $6 million on a casino that still wasn't done. Wow. Yeah. Opening night was problem after problem. 
the private plane from LA that had stars on it uh, didn't take off due to bad weather. So there were no stars at opening night. Uh, the rooms were not complete. The casino was even losing money. So people wow. uh, were taking their winnings and staying the night at other hotels. Wow. Two weeks after the disaster of the grand opening, the Flamingo shut down. Really? Yeah. It was only open for two weeks? Well, yeah, it was open for two weeks. Um, construction finished, and then the hotel opened again in March. Okay. So, and this time, everything was on point. It was okay. glorious. It was beautiful and perfect. Um, but apparently, Ben was supposedly handling um, the wire service for that the bookies relied on um for gambling and stuff uh the whatever the wire service is for all that I, that's yeah. one thing over my head no idea um and apparently people did not like how he was handling that and he was like look i'm the one who's in charge of it and i'm gonna run it the way i want to run it and the families again did not like that but you know ben was gonna do things the way ben wanted to do them uh and apparently also at that time he wanted to marry virginia and she was like, oh, what's love got to do with marriage? Hmm. I don't really want to get married. No, no, no. And then she told him that she wanted to take a trip to Paris, but that this trip was just for her. She had some things that she needed to take care of. And so on June 16th, 1947, Ford, she um, left for Paris. Four days later, at Virginia's Beverly Hills mansion, Ben sat down with the LA Times, and shortly after that, nine shots would rain down. Four of the shots, dun dun dun, it bugs hit me. Ben. Yeah. Yep. The first shot hit him on the side of the head, then the right side of his nose, one in his lungs, and the last in the chest. Wow, they did not miss. <laughs> well, uh, there were nine shots; only four of them hit him. Oh, okay. They did yeah, this. and then apparently the other four took out some statue in the apartment. Stories were told that Ben was shot in the eye, but really um, he was shot in the cheek and his eye popped out and it was said to land about 15 feet away from him. Dang. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine being shot in the cheek so hard it has your eye pop out? Like, What kind of weapons were they using that would... I don't know, but I mean, again... Cause that kind of pressure. Shot so hard in the cheek, your eye just goes... <laughs> Like your eye is just a home run out the out out the socket. That was amazing. <laughs> you made me start like three times in this episode. I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. That one just needed that one just had to happen. All right. Oh Lord. So the murder is still open today. The killer is unknown. There are rumors that it could have been a mob hit. It could have been the brother of Virginia Hill. Or it could have been... No, let, stay with this one, okay? It could have been the lover of an enemy's wife. Okay. Like, no. <laughs> the lover of an enemy's wife. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing what I you're know, saying. I know, but like, how weird is that? Like, the wife's... The, like, the enemy's wife's lover protected him yeah. from oh, Bugsy. Oh, like, copy. like his name was Moose, and like the the husband was like, "Would Moose really do that for me?" She's like, "Nah, but he'll do it for me." Oh, okay. like he'll protect you for me because because I love you and I love Moose, and Moose will protect you for me. Okay, now that's a love triangle I don't want to be in, especially since <laughs> one of them is named Moose. Right. So, are you feeling a bit adequate today, sir? <laughs> I'm feeling a little moosey. Yeah. All right. But um, in the end, the cause of death was cerebral hemorrhage. So I guess it was pretty quick, which I would assume wasn't a mob hit because mob hits there, you know, violent and sometimes slow and painful and usually up close. And I, I would feel that like in a mob hit that they would have been like up close and personal and they would have let Bugsy know it was them. Okay, but you said he was in the apartment with a reporter, right? No, he was in there with the LA Times, like the newspaper. Like, he was going to sit down on in a chair and oh, read the paper. Okay. Read okay. the paper. 
the way that you were saying it was like I have listened to so many like I've listened to so many um uh podcasts on Bugsy that like I've picked up a little bit of the vernacular <laughs> and like a vernacular the, yeah the vernacular and like every now and then I'm just like it just kind of pops out and I'm like you just avoid oh my god avoid. I'm like Long Island is neither an island nor long discuss <laughs> discuss <laughs> oh my god shit <laughs> <laughs> so that's the life and times of Bugsy. Benjamin Bugsy Siegel. Yeah. What a name. Like, it was um, one of the cool things about going to um, the crime syndicate uh, dot com. Yeah, dot com page um, was like looking at a lot of the pictures and things that they had and like looking at just like seeing how they dressed. Like, they dressed so slick. Like the long, long trench coats yep. and like the hats. The and hats like even, and the three-piece suit. Like even like the jacked up little curly mo dudes, guys. Like mm-hmm. they were they were just like little gimpy mo with the curly leg, you know? Yeah. It was it was good. And like, you know, yeah. even like the guy who had the eye patch still looked slick. Which is kind of what really pisses me off when people talk about gangsters nowadays they're like oh he's a little gangster there's a difference between a gangster and a thug. right he's not a, a gangster he's a common street criminal that doesn't know how to pull his pants he's up a when he's damn hood rat a gangster is just what you described one of those sharp dressed really outgoing who men. calls you doll face yeah i want a man to call me doll face like I, I, yeah nobody no just now. Like doll face <laughs> is such a good like like that's such a you know doll face. Like I don't know. I think it's cute. It's better than being <laughs> called baby. Like Oh my god. god. I hate that. The whole baby doll or baby girl <clears throat> thing. I'm done. I'm done. Vomit. Yeah. Hella vomit. I call Matt baby sometimes. I, I call him babe most. I call him Mark Boo Boo Bear. The so Babe not Bay. Because that shit's just stupid. Bay is dumb. It's dumb anyway yes i agree those those are the gangsters yeah and they're gangsters they're not gangsters yeah they're gangsters i'm sorry well even if they're gangsters they're still better than the little like you called them hood rats oh, i know they're the, the and the only reason why their pants are falling down is because they ain't got no ass right and they don't know how to wear a belt properly just saying <laughs> pull your pants up wear a belt wear some suspenders Something. But don't wear a belt and suspenders because then you look insecure. I love a man in suspenders. <laughs> Smack ya. So, but that's that that's good old that's that's Benjamin. It's a good, it's a good is, name. Uh, interesting story. It is. He he had a very interesting life. I mean, while he was a hitman, I don't really think. And, and like the really interesting thing is, like, yeah, he was listed for Nevada, but he I don't think he really did any killing in Nevada. He did all of his killing in New York. so Which is why he had to go out west. Right? <laughs> he was known for building Las Vegas. Nice. He was part of that era. Yeah. yeah. So. And that was, that and was he when was, Vegas was built. He was handsome. He was, he was very classic Clark Gable nice. handsome. Minus being gay. All right. Well, that works. I just, I wish that like back in that time period that they would have had sperm doning as a option because Clark Gable was beautiful and we needed to keep that face in the gene pool. Yes, I agree. Damn, it was beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. Now you sound like my stepmom. It's beautiful. (laughs) Addie's taken to doing that lately. Chef kisses? Yeah, I'm like, what are you you doing? (laughs) You gonna start talking to me with your pinky? (laughs) Okay, so... On the back end of your gangster, we went and watched Mafia Mama this weekend with Tony Collette. Ah, I do love a good Tony Collette movie. I was crying from laughing so hard. She does, for an Australian, she does a Southern California accent that is just amazing. (laughs) You got, well, no, you probably won't see it, but it's a great movie. I might see it eventually, like when it comes to like- Okay, there's a lot of gore. There's a lot of gore. Like scary gore? No, just a lot. Like you're seeing people get shot in the head and like they're cutting limbs off after they kill one of the mob bosses. That's fine. She ends up offing a guy with a stiletto. So That's fine. I don't mind that kind of gore. I don't like oh 
Sorry, I just kicked my table. That was not her farting. That was her kicking the table. Um, I don't mind, like, violent gore. I don't like scary gore. Scary gore. Yeah, I'm not down with the scary gore of, like, you know, that, yeah, I don't like suspense thriller gore. I went and watched Mafia Mama. I went and watched Dungeons and Dragons. So Friday I saw Mafia Mama. Saturday I saw Dungeons and Dragons. And last night Matt and I went and watched Renfield. Wow. You just had like a, a blockbuster weekend. weekend. And all three of them were amazing movies. Oh. I can't wait to see Speaking them Speaking of movies, <laughs> Addie went and saw um, Super Mario Brothers with, um, with oh. Kylan. I was like, oh, you uh, have a movie date. She's like, it's not a date. I'm like, it is a date. It's a movie date with your friend Kylan. She's like, it's not a date. I was like, well, it's chaperone. She's like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but it's just not a date. No. Super Mario is on the list for probably the family, possibly next weekend. And then I also know that the new Evil Dead movie comes out next weekend, and Matt really wants to go. Yeah, I mean, anyway, I right. I I watched um I watched a three minute TikTok video. Nice. Yeah, I, ma- I managed to get you sat still for three. Whole uh, minutes. Yeah, I managed to get through that. <laughs> I mean, I can listen. I can devour podcasts like nobody's business. But like sitting through a movie, oh my god. Mm-mm. I need to be able to, like, flip, 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 flip. (laughs) All right. Well, I think we should outro now. So here we go. (laughs) Shall we? Thank you for joining us today in the rabbit hole. Hop on in next week when we tumble down again. If you want, you can follow us on Instagram to see what stories we are coming up with. Our name there is Like Rabbit Holes. If you have an idea and want us to research it, email us at likerabbitholes at gmail.com. Whatever podcast player you happen to be listening to us on, please drop us a review or a star rating. It always helps us out. Always remember to have a wonderful morning, night, or afternoon. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Da, 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 da. Sorry. I was just, I was way too serious for that one. Oh, 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 oh,